This is a Dece World production in association with Pants Pending Studios. They're not PC So if occasional foul language turns you off Then you have all been warned This is the call before the storm I'm, I'm Mexican with a GED, what do you want from me? <laughs> Get ready for the social hour Live from Dece World Studios in Spokane, Washington this is the social hour. On today's show, comedian Victor Pacheco. And now your host. He's glad fall is coming because now he can finally wear a scarf without feeling emasculated. Discussius. Malab Keen, everyone, welcome to the show. This is the Social Hour. Thanks again for coming back, guys. Uh, another great episode lined up for you today. Uh, real quickly, before we get into it with our guest, uh, go to deescomedy.com. Uh, check out everything going on across the network. Live shows. Uh, I will be at uh, Chadwick's in Medford, Oregon uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Uh, Shades of Brew in Cottage Grove, Oregon, Sunday. Uh, and I'll be in or- through Oregon in the west side of Washington State all uh, week doing shows. Tickets are moving for those, so get them now. Now. And then next weekend, the at uh, Joker's Comedy Club in Richland, Washington. So come get, uh, come see. I know my peeps are out there in Richland. Uh, I love seeing you guys. Love that club. So come uh, check out a show, guys. Uh, that's it for the, you know, the commercials. You know where to go to check out the information. Uh, with me today, my guest, uh, comedian Victor Pacheco. Victor, how you doing, man? Great. Thanks for having me, Dees. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this, man. Um, now you're you're down in L.A., right? Is that you live in L.A. proper, or where do you where are you? Uh, well, technically, it's Santa Monica. Okay. I mean, I'm like two blocks away from L.A., so I just tell people L.A. Yeah, yeah, it's easier than yeah. yeah trying to like I was trying. You know, I grew up in L.A., and I always try to explain to people when I'm like L.A. proper is. Like just seven city blocks of homeless people. Uh, the that's the only part. That's the only part of the city that's actually like Los Angeles. Uh, but there, LA County is just, you know, I mean, you're fucking, you know, you get up in North Hollywood, you know, and, uh, the Valley and Simi Valley. It's just like, it's LA. It's just LA. It's just easier, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I say L.A. Even though it's Santa Monica, it's just like, oh, what part of L.A.? I'm like, Santa Monica. You know that's not L.A. I'm like, I'm yeah. L.A. County. Yeah. It, it, why are we? Yeah. Like this? No, nobody lives in L.A. Like, if you look at a map and look at what the size of the city of, like, Los Angeles is, it's just all, like, downtown L.A. and, like, like uh, corporate offices and high-rises and shit. There's no... There's no neighborhood in L.A. you can live in, in L.A. proper as a city. Well, I mean, 
mean, there's no place you could afford unless you're like literally a million. Oh, well, that's true. Purchase. Yeah. That... <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's so messed up. I'm like looking at places where it's like, oh, even like a one bedroom or like a room. It's like everything is like 12 to 1800 minimum. Yeah, yeah. Just for a room. And it's just like, okay, do I have a big old yard? And then it says no pets. And I'm like, why do I pay $1,800? Me, myself, like, this is just incredible. Right. And it's just like, and then, like, I don't know, the whole dynamic, from because I'm originally from the Bay Area, and when I moved down here to L.A., uh, you know, I, I, I hit up, like, over 100 people. I didn't hit you up at the time, but I did hit up over 100 people to try to get on the shows with professional-level video. Yeah, yeah. doing good. And, yeah, I'm not going to send you videos where I'm doing okay. I'm going to send you videos where I'm doing my best. Yeah. Like, you might think it's great. You might think it sucks, depending on who the producer is and what you want for your show. Maybe I'm not right for your show. Maybe, you know, whatever. But, like, um, I noticed that, like, when I did hit up some of these producers, I asked what the compensation was, as I was conditioned to do when I was in the Bay Area. You know, it's like, oh, cool. What are the details? Right. How much time do you want me to do? And um, is there like drink or food or any type of compensation available? And it's just like a simple yes or no. And if it's yes, they tell you what it is. But then like down here in LA, like people would try to make me feel bad yeah. that I was asking for any type of compensation. Like, and I'm not saying like pay me a thousand dollars for 10 minutes. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I mean, it's just like at the same time, it's just like at least like gas money or something. You guys are charging something at the door. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you guys are paying the DJ, but how come you guys can't pay the talent? You know what I mean? Like, you, anybody, I mean, not to um, downgrade DJs, but I mean, it's just like for a comedy show, all you need is an iPad. Right, right, right. A smartphone, and it's just like, give it up for Victor Pacheco, and you press play. And it's like, hey, what's up, everybody? And then you stop. There we go. That's yeah. The DJ. Yeah, that's you his job. $150 for the DJ but not give but make the comics feel bad about asking for money so I went on the LA comedy scene page and like an idiot I wrote an how, a how-to guide on the steps that you need to take in order to approach a venue to get them to pay for stand-up comedy I wrote a how-to everything <laughs> step by step on what to do and how to react if they say certain things. I wrote a step-by-step, the seven steps on how to get a show that pays uh, comedians money to, to perform stand-up comedy. It's worked for me in the Bay. It's worked everywhere where I've tried to produce a show. It's yeah. been effective for me. What works for me doesn't work for everybody. I put this out there as something for free. Like, you know people would charge money. To yeah, yeah. To do this. I'm doing it for free for the sake of stand-up comedy so comedians have something to strive for. And then guess what happened? There was like I had to delete the co- I had to delete the post because I had over two hundred likes, which really burnt the assholes of a lot of comedians that have been here for years <laughs> that post on there regularly and to get like maybe maximum six likes. I have like two hundred fucking likes, um, and, but but I also had a lot of people on my side that were like, "Oh yeah, that's so awesome. We need more people like you." And then there was a lot of people that were just like, "Who the hell are you right to a new city and tell people how to do stand up?" And I'm like, I'm not telling you how to do stand-up. Yeah. I'm telling you how to get comedians paid. I'm just offering my perspective as to what works with, in my experience. So if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But you don't need a shit on the idea of comedians getting paid. Yeah, it's so, that's actually part of that's actually because I, I started comedy. I'm from L.A. I started comedy in L.A. And I left L.A. doing comedy. And people were like, why would you leave L.A.? 
if you know that's the place everyone wants to be and i'm like hey, because in la you're like people are like oh do you want to headline a laundromat for 15 dollars? you know or we'll give you 20 dollars in in dryer tokens you know which one is better for you it's like that's that's the gigs out there and i'm like yeah it's you know producers will make money but they don't want to pay comedians shit out there that's that's the problem though too and it's just like i don't know somebody tried to justify it the other day i went to a comedy show to support a friend i'm a comedian i i have a website you know not that i'm the shit or whatever but i mean i've been doing my website for over seven fucking years like you know like to because everybody say hey do you have a website what's your website yeah yeah titanic.com look it up it's a real website it sounds funny it's supposed to be funny i wrote it i've made it or my friend called me the hispanic titanic back in 1997 1998 when the titanic movie came out so imagine being in middle school having the nickname hispanic titanic <laughs> you know what i mean why would i get rid of gold like that you know so anyway so it's just like um you know, recently I went to this show and it was $25 and it was one of those shows that starts at 6 p.m. Yeah. And ends at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going there as a comedian, like, you know, to go support my friend and also to check out the room. Sure. And the guys, and the guys, and they were saying, okay, all the comedians need to pull out their individualized flyer with their picture on it to get in for free and everybody else has to pay. So they were trying to get me to pay money to go watch the show. Yeah. And I was like, I'm cool. I'm not even on the show. I was just wanting to check out the room. And then the dude, I had never seen this before. The dude's all like, oh, you want to give me money to perform? <coughs> Sorry, dude. Yeah, yeah. That shit is not cool in my book. I told him straight up. I'm like, dude, I'm a straight dude. And I'd rather suck 20 HIV positive cocks right now. <laughs> HIV right now. And I'm not gay. Or, get, or, or bicarious. And there's nothing wrong with being gay or bicarious. It's just not my cup of tea. Something I prefer not to do because I love women. <coughs> but this fucking guy made me feel like, oh, I should suck 20 dicks right now. Because yeah. I'd rather do that than pay to be a comedian. Because if you have to pay to be a comedian, guess what? You're not a fucking comedian. Yeah. It's like my friend recently told me about a non-comedy related, he's not even a comedian, he told me about this thing that they're offering in Las, a Las Vegas. Where you can go, you can pay $2,500 to stay in a porno house, and you get to fuck all the porn stars in there. You pay $2,500 It's the four-game extravaganza. And I was like, that can't be real. Let me see the... He's like, yo, you want to see the flyer? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to see the flyer. What the hell's that all about? That can't be real. What's the name of that website? Just for... Uh, my, just Not for me. Not for me. Uh, I think it's called Film with the Stars. So when he showed me that, I was like, oh, wait. You have to spend $2,500, $2,500 to go into a house where you bang porn stars, but they get to record it and they get to release it. And you have to sign a waiver saying that you don't going to collect any money. So you have to pay money mm. to be in a porno movie. That's beyond exploitation. You know, because it's like, yeah, this dude, like, you know what I mean? He's like, he's talking to me about going to go do this. And it's just like, fuck, how can I turn this into a joke? Because this is too funny. This is too funny. That would be like, hey, Deese, regardless of what your stand-up comedy situation is, if you give me $2,500, I can get you on my YouTube channel performing your stand-up for my audience, and you have to pay the money to have it done, and we'll supply the audience. We'll supply the cameras, and it'll be HD, and we'll all laugh at your jokes. And, and you, you know what I mean? It's just like, 
and then you'll be on my website. Yeah. So pretty much that's what they're doing, <laughs> like with Bang Bros or with 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 Brazers or whoever the hell's throwing that. And then the dude was super confident. I'm like, how the fuck are you gonna shoot with these people? I didn't know. He's like, dog, shooting with porn stars like the safest thing, man. They get tested before every shoot. I'm like, you know that when you like, if if you fuck somebody with HIV right now, it's not gonna show up on your test for three to six months. You know that, right? Yeah. So you're not really safe. If you fuck somebody with HIV HIV right now, it's not gonna show up on the test for another three to six months. Six months. You know, sometimes longer. Scary. Sometimes it can be years. It can be yes, it can be dormant for years. Sometimes that's even scarier. That's even more scary. And so, like you know, I'm telling my friend as a friend, hey dude, I'm sorry, but I, I'm gonna turn this into a joke. Like this is too hilarious. And like the dude's like not a bad looking guy. It's not like some fat fuck like me that needs to pay for pussy. This guy <laughs> like legitimately, like you know. And I hate the phrase "pay for pussy," but like how else are you gonna? Oh, that is so such a form of tax. Uh, toxic masculinity it's just like well what do you want me to call it you can't call it escorting you can't i mean you can't call it getting a hooker anymore you have to call it sex work yeah and it's sex work people are exploited you don't want to exploit people it's just like we live in a world where people exploiting others i mean do you know do you not know what minimum wage is yeah yeah i i don't know i just like to still call it whoring you know like the good old days just going whoring uh i feel like you do it too but it's just like a sexist word where it's just like oh deists where do you get the balls to call it whoring? Because you know what? If you go out and you do what's called whoring, you're called a stud. But when a woman does it, she's called a whore. Yeah, she's called so, my mom. Now all of a sudden we got a <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, you know, fucking... I was, I was expecting that. Yeah. If, 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 you, if you throw yourself under the bus and you're part of that wave, it's okay to say. It's part of cancel culture. So it's just like, I don't know. I, I, like with being... I, I, I'm allowed obnoxious dude i sometimes have to think about what i'm going to say because i don't want to offend everybody but also i don't want to pander and i want to speak my truth so it's like i get caught up in this like yeah yeah should i say this or what do i think this crowd's gonna think is funny because like you know my openers that i look like a proud samoan lesbian woman with a beard and so when that does not hit i'm like yeah. Oh, Some, sometimes as as a comic who is also in that situation, uh, as because I am absolutely like I definitely cater. It's like I will trim things and I will, you know, a little I'll do I'll do some dicing to make sure an audience has a good time, but like a little bit, not a lot, because at the end of the day, I'm like. This is this is my set. These are my jokes. This is what I'm going to do. Like, I want to make you uncomfortable. And also, like, I literally had to tell an audience the other day. I, I'm just like, guys, these are the thoughts that in my head that I disseminate and filter out and deem reasonable for human consumption. Do you want to hear the thoughts that don't make it out of my face? Because then we could really get onto an adventure here, you know? So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the here's the here's the the here's the golden ticket with cancellations I found. Here's the and the, this this is what I've I just refuse to. First of all, never apologize. I'm not apologizing for something I've said on stage, and also I'm not going to accept the things that you say. Like I always say, like uh, if the shoe doesn't fit. You don't have to wear it, you know? So, like, if if someone wants to say, you know, oh, you're 
xenophobic, for instance, I'll be like, I don't know, man, that's not my shoe. Fuck it. I'm not wearing it. Like, but you know, so many people are like, oh yeah, I did say that. And then they, all of a sudden now they're like backpedaling and they've got to fucking apologize. I, I, in some cases I apologize that they got offended. I've never apologized for the joke I said. Mm. I just apologize for them getting offended. I'm sorry that you're offended because like this one time, I mean, I don't know, right now you're talking about that reminded me of this instance. I was hosting a show. I was hosting my bar show yeah. like years ago. And I found out that one of the comics on my show, he's an Asian dude, Chinese dude. But I found out from another comic who was a dude that like, I guess they were bunking together or whatever. They were on the road. And it turns out this Chinese dude has like a huge schlong. Yeah. Like huge. Like not even like, oh yeah, stereotypes, they have small ones. No. This guy has a big one, even for big ones. Like, he had a fucking, like, anaconda and shit. Like, like almost a footer. And so, like, I had this information fresh in my mind. And so, when I introduced him, I said, Yeah, well, your first comment coming to the stage, really funny guy. He's got a huge cock. So, if you don't laugh at his jokes, he will literally hang you from his cock until you stop breathing. Make it, give, give some love to, and then I introduced the comment. And at the end of the show, after I passed around the tip bucket, I went to the back to, you know, quietly count the tip money to, you know, divvy it out amongst all the comics. And this really drunk, tall, white woman comes up to me. She was really drunk. And I thought she was trying to rob me because she saw me with all the money. And she's like, excuse me, can I please talk to you for a second? And I'm like, yeah, sure. What's going on? She's like, yeah, well, listen, I think this show is really funny and I think you're really funny. But you know that part where you were talking about the Asian dude getting his dick and, like, just hanging you if you didn't laugh at his jokes? Well, I didn't think that was funny because about a month ago, I walked, I came home and opened the garage door and I found my dad hanging from a noose from him killing himself. Jesus so Christ. That joke. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, so my first thing, so I stopped counting the money and I was like, miss... First of all, I just want to say I'm really sorry for the tragedy that you experienced. Nobody should have to go through that. But second of all, how the fuck would I know that? Right. How would I know that? You know, I'm just trying to be funny. And everybody laughed except you. And I noticed you didn't laugh because you were in the front row. That <laughs> stuck out like a sore thumb to me because I'm not looking at the people that are laughing. I'm looking at the people that ain't. So it's just like, yeah, you stuck out. And, but I, I didn't tell her that part. I'm just telling you. But I told her, you know, I'm really sorry that happened. But, you know, I, I didn't know. How would I know? But I, I'll just let you know that us comedians are just trying to be funny in the moment based on the experience, based on the information that we have at the moment. I just found out this guy has a huge schlong. Yeah. So I wanted to be funny about it because, you know, you know Asian people are known, known for that. Schlong. Yeah. Yeah. How, do you, how are you supposed to predict every audience member's situation, you know? Like, and it was spur of the moment. Yeah. There was. It's, even, it's supposed to be silly. It's funny, but at the same time, it's just like uh, I didn't know I alienated so many people because that dude was embarrassed because he didn't want everyone knowing they had a huge schlong. That yeah. Lady didn't like that joke because her father was. She found him, you know, after having committed suicide via hanging. Yeah. And so it's just like, well. The owner thought that was funny. The main bar- bartender thought it was funny. And everybody else in the building thought it was funny, except for those two. Well, did that daughter ever consider that maybe your dad hung herself because his daughter was such a nagging cunt? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that she, no. He's like, Jesus Christ, I got to get out of this situation. This bitch won't shut up. Uh, so. You know what? As a person who has survived 
like a botched suicide attempt. I can honestly say that when you kill yourself like like that, you are literally doing it so a certain person finds you. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Part of the plan. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying you're wrong or right. <laughs> Just I am it's saying you hit that on the fucking. It's road. a possibility. So it is uh, more pos- possibility than never gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much. There's so much shit that people are going through during comedy shows that you have no idea that they're there just for you to fucking make them feel. I don't know. Like I know that me going on stage and talking about all the shit I'm going through is I'm a horrible liar. Yeah. So I just talk about my truths and I like maybe the only lies or exaggerations I do is like a story that took place in like an hour actually took place within like the course of a week. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing where it's like, okay, so I combine all the things that happened in one week and say that happened in an hour. Yeah, it's funnier that way. You lie. Lie until it's funny. Yeah. Just exaggerate and just bridging, like, the the segues between, you know, everyone has their own recipe for success uh, success on stage. And so, like, it's funny, though, because, like, I hit you up. I cold-called you. Because you were looking for openers for your show in Anaheim. Yeah. And I hit you up, and then you're like, what about this Thursday? And I was like, I'm actually going out of town. You're like, what about this other Thursday? And I'm like, let me you, what about my friend? Is he cool if he, he, he opened for Norm and blah, blah, blah? And then I found out something else at the bar, then it was a different story. At any rate, and so, like, um, what's it called? So, like, me cold calling you, you hooked up my friend with a headlining gig, and you hooked me up with a headlining gig. Which was fucking amazing because you asked me simply, how comfortable are you doing 60 minutes? And Dee, so I'm telling you right now to your face, that was the first time I did 60 minutes. <laughs> but I, I wrote over three hours of material yeah, in the yeah. past two years during the pandemic. I wrote over two hours in the seven years before then. So I had like over four hours of material. I just never got the opportunity to do 60 minutes. Right, right. So of course, when you're like, how comfortable are you? I'm like, very yeah. Totally. And then don't tell them it's your first time. Tell, you know, don't tell them that you've done 40 minutes or 45 minutes and 38 minutes and 47 minutes and 42 minutes and like all these different times that do not are not an hour. You know, it's just like, but I, I at the same time, I was just like, okay, look, I have to go all the way to Anaheim, Santa Monica. And then, dude, and then my feature fucking flaked out on me the day before. And I love the dude who I had as a feature, but at the same time, the only reason why I reached out to him, it was one of those things where I seen them and he's funny and I like him. Yeah. But he's one of those dudes that does get discriminated a lot because he's very outspoken about the injustices in stand-up. And, you know, my heart goes out all the way, but it's just like you got to pick and choose which fight you want to fight. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I like this guy. And not only that, when I moved down here, he was one of the first people that actually hooked me up with his show. So I got love in my heart for this guy. But then when he hit me up the day before to tell me, hey, uh, me and the boys are recording a podcast tomorrow. I'm like, you know, I didn't say anything, but I wanted to be like, are you guys having a celebrity guest? Yeah. Or why are you blanking out on this paid gig that I already told this dude who I've never met? You, Deese. You know, I never, I never met you. I can't, I, then I had to hit you up and be like, hey, dude, I'm really <laughs> sorry. This guy um, is unavailable, uh, but I know people that can take this spot. I just hit up four people. You're like, okay, cool, cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring whoever, just fill up the time. Right, yeah. We'll find someone that'll do 20 minutes and be competent, hopefully. 
Well, yeah, well, what, what happened was I got somebody to do the 20 minutes and I got somebody else to do a guest spot. And both dudes are from the Bay. And both those dudes, like, hooked me up with, like, because, like, this is how I, I, I did that spot. Because I hit you up. You had no idea who the hell I was. I sent you the best tape I had. I sent you the best intro I had. I sent you, like, how, like, if I was being approached, how I would like to be. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I approached you. That's how I approach everybody. And so, like, but the thing is, it's just, like, taking that chance. Because you could have responded and been like, nah, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like any of this, bro. You're too vulgar. This is inside of a, of a, of a brewing company. And quite frankly, this might scare away customers. Yeah. That's how you could have been. You could have been. But then maybe, I don't know how you, because for me, when I watch videos, I watch to see, number one, are they funny? Number two, are they a douchebag? And number three, are they real? That's yeah. That's things I look for. And it's just like, and I don't, like, I don't know, like with me personally, it's just like, yeah. And like, you know, have you ever thought about like what life would be like if you owned a dragon? And I'm just like, no, I haven't. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Yeah. Tell me, me. Tell me. Tell what. Yes. Tell me, Shook me on a dragon. Please, tell me you want to stick your cock in a dragon's mouth as it warmed up your balls with a fucking fire. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And that's funny what that they just said. That just came off the cuff right The one says... So, Victor, oh, sorry, one second. The For some reason, this Zoom meeting wants to be done in one minute and 22 seconds. I don't know why it's saying we have a time. Yeah, why do we have a time? I don't know why we have a time limit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. So I'm, I'm going to... Uh, so what I'm going to do is pause the recording, and I'm going to send you a new link we'll hop on. So, um, and then we'll just continue this, but, uh, we're going to, yeah, 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 yeah. send me the link and I'll log back on. I'll log off right now. Okay. Sounds good. See you in a All second. Right. All right. We're back. We're back up, back up and going. I don't know why Zoom, usually Zoom doesn't have a time limit unless you have multiple people. Then it's like, wrap it up. Yeah, it usually doesn't have a time limit unless you, you don't have Zoom professional or whatever Will you pay for zoom i don't pay for it but i've done like hours long interviews and never had any i only when i was really? do, i don't know what the hell is going on um who knows uh but uh anyway so what uh what were, it's so funny you're talking about booking shows and like you sending people messages i mean i book I, I book a handful of shows around the country, probably like a dozen dozen rooms around the country, right? And I'm always looking for people, and it's when I put out on like local pages of wherever, you know, North Carolina, like I'm looking for a headliner feature, and I always put the pay, details, et cetera, time, whatever. And I'm like, if we haven't worked together, send me a tape, you know? And Absolutely. which I shouldn't have to say, but I always, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I always do. I shouldn't have to, but, but that way, at least if I don't, if I do say, you know, that way, at least, you know, if, if, uh, if I say it, it's out there. And the amount of times I've gotten messages from people that are like, uh, this is it. This is the whole message is like, yo, dog. I can do that spot. What's the details? And I'm like, or like, what's up? And I'm like, I'm not even responding to that message. Like, like, 
I don't know who you are. Like, message me your name. Shoot me a quick bio. Shoot me a video. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking respond to your bullshit ass. Like, unless you, unless you comes up as like, you know, Dave Chappelle, you know, you know, in like Yellow Springs, Ohio, or whatever. I'm just gonna be like, I don't know who the fuck this dude is. Oh, it's. Dude, I mean, but I mean, that's that's the thing, though. I mean, that was the thing why I I sent the message the way I sent it. I was just like, here are my credits. Here is my video. Here is my website. Here's everything you need to know about me. I hope I'm good enough. Spend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's in the air because like the the people that I've that I thought were the least likely to book me booked me, and the ones that I thought I was a shoe in. Yeah. And then holy shit, like dude, like I didn't even because like I'm from the Bay, so there's Latino comics in the Bay, mm -hmm. but there's like the Latino comedy scene in LA. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I didn't know this, but I actually got a lot of Latino comedians pissed off at me because, like, I was in L.A. for, like, a year or less than a year, and I got into the premier Latino comedy show, the Brownish Comedy Show, Laugh Factory. They have it in San Diego. They have it in uh, Hollywood. They have yeah. Long Beach. I did the one in Long Beach, San Diego. And I had pretty good sets. I had, you know, I got some um, new fans, and it was pretty cool. But the thing that sucked was that a lot of Mexican and Latino comedians were like, "Hey, who the fuck is this guy? He skipped the line. Fuck that guy. He didn't even wait. He's yeah. supposed to wait for years." And it's just like, well, you could wait and hope that they pick on you, or you could do what I did. And I asked one of my friends, who's a professional comedian who's been doing it for 19 years now. Hey, bro, how do I get onto the Latino Comedy Night at Laugh Factory? He's all like, I know the dude. Let me just do an introductory email. Yeah, yeah. And, and let him know what's up. So then he made a Facebook chat group with me and the dude and himself. And said, Victor's a professional comedian. I've worked with him at Laugh Factory in Reno. And he was hilarious. And he would be a great addition to your show. He has my personal vouch. He's very professional. He's on time. Like God damn! Like I didn't pay him to stay or any of that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. And then he said all this stuff. So then I was like gold, and like you know, to be honest with you, it's just like people think that just because you're Mexican, Mexican people don't have your back, and that's not true. Yeah. But if you're Latino, Latino people don't have your back. On the contrary, sometimes not not in, in this case, but I mean. People really want to be the king of Latino comedy. Hey, bro, I'm the fucking king. You know that shit, right? You know, between you and me, I'm the fucking king of Latino comedy. <laughs> and, like, they don't say it in those words, but just that tone. And it's just like, dude, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, and it, it's, it's like, I'm not going to say who, but I do this show once a month in Long Beach. Uh, I wouldn't call it a residency as much as I call it a great opportunity. Sure. Residency, I'll be there every fucking week or because it shows every Tuesday. But like, you know, like I'll go there and, and you know, I'll try my best and do my hardest. And then there's like seasoned veteran comics that will drop in there and then make excuses for why they're not doing good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then try to like, like be like, Oh yeah. The first two comics that went on stage, I remember when I used to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and cared if audiences laughed at my jokes. I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Why would you even say that? Yeah. Like, holy shit. Why would Why you would not you care? Say? Yeah, isn't that the whole idea is to have them have fun? It's such a... It, it's the... 
so I've been, I've been, one of the things I've said for a long time is like, no, I've never met a good working comic that is worried about what other comics are doing. Like right. if you're, if you, cause you know, the, the minute you're thinking like, oh, why is this guy taking those spots? I should get those spots. It's like, motherfucker, maybe you ain't working hard enough. Like why, why are you worried about like, Cause I'm not worried about losing my spots. Like I know my spots. I create my own spots too. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to work, you know? And if I'm worried about someone else taking my spots, I'm like, I need to look at me and be like, what am I doing wrong? Why aren't I working hard enough? What am I not doing? That makes it so like, I'm not getting that spot now. Yeah. And you work your ass off, man. I'm like watching you on the internet, like seriously busting your ass for even shows you're not on. It shows you're producing. Plus the shows are on. Plus it's just uh, so I'm watching this from that from from a distance. I'm like, I never met this guy in person, but this guy's my brother. <laughs> I, I, I hustle, man. I, <laughs> no, no, for real. I'm just like I'm watching this, and I'm just like, okay, this dude actually is making. Not only are you making your own lane, because you know how how easy would it be for you to just like. I don't know, work for somebody else as opposed to working for yourself. And, like, you are the epitome of hustling. Because, like, and I mean that in a good kind of thing. I mean that in the same way as Larry Flint means hustling. Yeah. (laughs) Like, anybody could be a playboy. You could be born a playboy. Sure. But you got to work to be a hustler. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because you got to put in work. You got to put, not daddy, not mommy, you. You got to put in work. So that when I see you hustling and like, you know, it's because it's so fucked up, you know, especially the age we live in. What do you mean by hustling? Do you think that I'm taking advantage of people and exploiting them? Maybe. No, but not in this case. Because with stand-up, the only thing that you're exploiting, you're not really exploiting. You're manipulating. You're manipulating the energy in the room to get everybody on your wavelength. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you do as a comedian. However you do it is your method however i do it is my method if our methods are similar and we could work together woo! yeah great (laughs) guess what no that's great yeah two minds are better than one and guess what if i think something's really hilarious and i respect the shit out of you and and you respect the shit out of me and we work together and you're like hey victor i love you man and this joke's great as fuck but I think you could take it this way, or I think if you said this instead of that, and like, you know what I mean? And as a friend, you telling me as a friend, that's different than, than some fucking Joe Bulldog. Hey, you know what I would do if I was you? Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Are, who the fuck are you? Right. <laughs> like, like, not even like, you know, are you a household name? But like, like I've said before, man, I, I, I trust, I trust the point of view of a three month open micer over some asshole who's been watching comedy for 30 fucking years and has never been on stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you at least... That, uh, that, thir- that 30-year person who's been going to shows, been fucking owning all the DVDs and all that stuff, they do have a wealth of information. For, for, for Because, like, ever since I started stand-up, I can't watch specials how I used to watch... Oh, yeah. It ruins it for you. How many, how many takes was this? How many shows was this shot? How many... Sh- Shows with a special shot over to get this final cut. Who's in the front row? That that white lady with the fucking platinum blonde hairs in that first shot. She's not in that third shot. So what the fuck? He's wearing or she's wearing the same outfit. And then it's like, do they have the same outfit that like three or four different times? Or do they wear the same exact outfit? Like I have this shirt. This is in red. I have this shirt in purple two times. So I have three different versions of this shirt. 
but one's in red and two's in purple. Yeah. The red one. And so it's uh, I didn't do that on purpose. It's just I'm a fat fuck, and it's hard to get clothes that I like <laughs> in my size. So when I find something that I like, I will, will definitely go out of my way to get it. And I used to live in Oakland, so there was this, like, I don't know. There's, like, I don't know, like, um, outfit, like, I don't know, like, outlets. They have, like, this place was a fashion center. Yeah, yeah. What it was called. And, like. And then they have all these, like, not just plus size, not just 3XL. They have 4XL, 5XL, 6XL, 7XL, 8XL, and then not even XLs, just measurements. Like, holy shit. Like, they've got some real, they've got, like, some real circus tent shirts. And, like, I shop there, and I saw this big black guy at an open mic, maybe around 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. And I saw him, and I, he saw that... This purple-ass shirt. I love purple. I love red. No gang affiliation shit. I just like the way I look in it. And so, like, you know, like, I, I saw this gorgeous purple shirt, but I was scared because it was just plaided purple. I was just scared that people were going to call me the purple people leader or people were going to call me Grimace from McDonald's or call me Kool-Aid. Yeah. Kool-Aid. So I didn't get that shirt because I didn't think it was going to look good on me. But then I saw this black dude at open mic, and he was wearing the same exact shirt I recognized from that store. So I go up to him, and I say, hey, bro, that's a beautiful shirt. Did you get that at K&G Fashion Center in East Oakland? This dude, you know, you're supposed to be friendly in stand-up comedy situations when you're talking to other comedians. Regardless of what level, you're supposed to be kind of nice. Yeah. This guy comes up to me, he gets in my face, like right on my face, and he's black dude, he says... Yo, nigga, don't be telling motherfuckers why I buy my shirt out, motherfucker. Like, Are you kidding me right now? You know how hard it is to shop when you're fat? It's just you and me. We're fat guys. And there's a skinny third dude right here. So if he has any love in his heart for any fat people, he'll know where to shop now. Right. What I said. And why are you holding this information back? Why are you being such a dick about it? Like, but I really thought he was going to sucker punch me. Because it was so confrontational just about where I bought my shirt. Guess what? Guess where I bought this at? Cage, K&G Sports Center in East Oakland in the Fruitvale District. Like, <laughs> like, no, no, real talk. Dude, this is a 5XL shirt. Like, it's a, it's a per, it, like, literally, it's super big on me. I like it. You know, because then people think I'm smaller than I am because the shirt's so big. Yeah. And I've lost weight. And so it's just like, I, you know, it's... It, it, I like this shirt. It's like my, my fat guy camouflage. Even though I'm still a fat guy. You still know I'm a fat guy. And it's just like, you know. But um, I, I literally, uh, from that time on, like, I knew. Like, listen, do I want to be a dick with other comedians or do I want to be cool with other comedians? And I choose a cool route 10 out of 10 of the time. But then there's always an instance where somebody's giving me a lot of disrespect. But you know what I do? I do the exact opposite of what they're doing, and I pump up the sweetness, the coolness, like a hundred, hundredfold, just to make them feel like, hey, bro, you could have handled this differently. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't, you don't got to be a dick. And especially, like, dude, if you have a, let's just say you have a set that you're, you don't feel confident about, but you know you did better than 50%, where everybody loved you, every, you know, more than 50% of your jokes landed. So you did, it was the win. Yeah. And so it was a win, it was a win, but you're kicking yourself in the ass because that one joke didn't go over. And then, the, you know, somebody in the audience comes up to you and says, hey, what a great job you did. Good job tonight. And you're like, thanks. 
instead of, you know, instead of welcoming them and just saying, you know, thanks, I really appreciate that, you know. I wish I felt the same way. I don't know. It's just like how you approach people, how you, I don't know. It's just this whole feeling of how you, people make you feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like comedy is such a weird thing. Uh, when I came up in comedy, I felt like it was such an island. Like everyone was combative and really territorial and really like, you know. And so when I, I kind of take the approach of like I want it to be – comfortable i want to foster i want to put new comics on i want to get comics paid like i want to give people opportunities because you know somewhere along the way somebody gave me an opportunity when i was probably not ready uh you know whether it's my first hosting feature headline gig you know and i i like that i think people if there was more of like a hey man more comedy more good comedy is better for all of us type of uh, mentality you know what makes you a great comic because like regardless of ability or talent but i'll tell you you have all of the above but that mindset that you want to make comedy better for the sake of comedy yeah man. that in itself speaks volumes because guess what these you yourself are just one component to the bigger picture but when you care so much about the bigger picture where you're just like hey i want to do my part to make this bigger picture better that is so selfless that really shows that even if you have an ego, because there's a difference between having an ego and having confidence. Sure, I yeah, yeah. Ego. I have zero ego. Yeah. You know, I, I'm replaceable. I'm replaceable. <laughs> you know, every, I'm replaceable. There's, there's, there's more Mexicans in LA. Yeah, there's plenty <laughs> more Mexicans. <laughs> there ain't no fucking Mexicans like me, though. What the fuck? Oh yeah, so some things don't translate, or like there's words, there's slang, or there's things that you know you use as uh, uh, phrase. Yeah, they just you know yeah play on a lot of play on yeah. Cause Spanish is much more literal, you know, and yes. and direct. So yes. and also like comedy, all due respect, is like thirty years behind. We're in the nineties right now in stand up. Yeah. In Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like right now, it's like they're, they're doing like there are stand-up comedians that are doing traditional American stand-up comedy in Mexico in Spanish, but a lot of it is just you, you could still get you could still get away with homophobic shit in Spanish comedy. And so it's like is it like Carrot Top is big right now in Spain. Like that's the type of <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's prop comedy, and if you can make prop comedy work anywhere, it will work in any language. Man, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Nobody does it like Carrot Top. You, you, you could call prop comedy hack, but it's only hack because Carrot Top does it the best, and nobody could do it like Carrot Top. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. You really think about it. Who does prop comedy who's as good or greater? Nobody. No, yeah. So, okay, fine. Even just as good. Who's as good as Carrot Top? David Blaine? Well, he's a fucking magician. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, even then, it's just like, oh. People try to fucking throw Carrot Top under the bus. I've never met Carrot Top. I don't have any type of, like, I have no dog in this fight. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I know how hard it is to get on stage. You know how hard it is to get on stage. Yeah. To be able to fucking travel the world with props to entertain audiences throughout the country. And, and, and maybe he has his residency in Las Vegas now. 
But to get to that point where he is able to become a resident com- comic like that, he put in the work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine going through? I mean, like, I forgot who. I think it was even Yucko the Clown from the Howard Stern show. He, like, his bit was, like, he would come out with these huge, insanely, like, like comically-sized black dildos. And so he would have, he would, like, have a, like, a whole, like, luggage container full of black dildos that he would have to get through the airport. And so, like, imagine, so you're a prop comic with all these black dildos. <laughs> and then you're trying to get through clearance at the airport and like what the hell is this and you know like different things happen and it's just like oh i couldn't get my dildos in through the tsa yeah so yeah the- <laughs> like, one of them was vibrating and they thought that it was a bomb so i couldn't bring any of the dildos yeah okay. <laughs> so it's just like oh well sorry i rely on jokes and if those jokes don't work well i'm yeah, I don't have a dildo to fall back on. Uh, right, if you had a dildo to fall back on, trust me, you'd be making more money. About much money you yeah. Because, you know what I mean? It's just like, you're light-skinned Latino, and that's a whole fetish right there. I yeah. I know I was a fetish as a fan guy. I'm a bear, and bears attract muscle daddies. Okay. Muscle daddies are, are daddies with muscles. All right, all right. And, and, uh, no, I didn't know that, dude. That's a sub... No, because I was... Uh, I was talking about my first experience doing a gay show with a gay guy, and he's telling me, because I told him I felt weird even before I got to the show, because he's like, all these gay guys in tank tops and shorts are checking me out and, like, looking at me in my eyes like I mattered. Like, <laughs> like, for real, I didn't experience <laughs> Yeah. I didn't even know somebody's type, and this gay guy's all like, yeah, well, you're a bear, and bears attract muscle daddies. I'm like, what's a muscle daddy? He's like, well, that's a daddy with muscles. Yeah, it's kind of exactly what, yeah. Yeah, well, no, 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 but he took it, like, a couple of steps further because he was like, you know why you're a fetish, right? I was like, I didn't even know I was a fetish. What do you mean? He's like, as a fat guy, muscle daddies can't fuck other muscle daddies because they'll bruise themselves up fucking another muscle daddy. So they want to fuck big, fat, squishy guys like you so they can fuck your ass all night without getting bruised. So that's why they want to fuck you. And then he looked right at my chest, and he's like, Oh, and you got those big old titties. Oh, these fucking muscle daddies like to tick fuck your titties. And I'm like, okay, bro. That's it. <laughs> Very, it's a lot. I'm that's learning a lot a, right now. That is crossing <laughs> the line. I did not know that. And then, like, and then I, I introduced this with my stand up, and I'm just like, you know, I'll tell the audience, like, ladies, I fucking get it. I, I get it. I'm not, I'm more than just a piece of me. Or objectified because of my body part. That's fucked up. Men are pigs. Men are disgusting. This needs to stop immediately. (laughs) Yeah, I feel you now. I'm one of you. Hashtag me too. Hashtag, hashtag I didn't know. Hashtag what the fuck. Hashtag (laughs) didn't know I was a fetish. I didn't know I was being fetishized because I'm a fucking, no, because like some muscle daddies really wanted to pound my ass all night. And it's fucked up because I don't even have an ass. And so these guys lust for me even more because then their dicks could go in even further because I have no ass. Yeah. Like, like when you look at a big booty lady and you think about fucking her, you have to really, like, really reassess how big your dick is. Yeah, do I got to, like, yeah. She might have too much hanger for that blimp. Uh, right? <laughs> or maybe you don't have enough, 
a fucking uh, stream for that lake. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's just like, but, but it's just like, but that's the thing. It's just like, no, because like really skinny chicks are like, ew, she has a big old butt. I'm like, okay, tell me your boyfriend has a small cock without telling me your boyfriend has a small Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like fucking a because like you know I'm fucking six foot two so you know I I'm 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 fine but like as a fat guy my legs are fucking super fucking wide so it looks like I have a choke yeah <laughs> yeah it's, yeah, it's like, all a comparison you know I'm a fucking choke yeah it's just choke. it's all I'm six foot two but I'm six but I'm also six by two by six by two so <laughs> it's just like I I I'm I'm a choke I should be six foot three by six by two. In order to not be a chode, because you're if you're not taller than you are wide, you're a chode. Yeah, it's all relative. <laughs> and so it's just like I, I have no qualms saying that. It's just like you know I've never heard any complaints about my cock, or at least from ladies. Yeah, from, the- from dudes. Like, yeah. Oh, God. And, and it's so funny because the shit I can talk about during Spanish shows and the shit I can talk about. In English shows, varies because like a joke I, or a story I have for Spanish comedy is a story about when I was in seventh grade. I used to go to the gym with my dad, and my dad ever went to the gym. Like I used to hit the treadmill, the elliptical. I used to lift weights. I used to play basketball. I used to do a bunch of stuff. And then I then then I'd go take a shower, and then I'd go to the sauna or the steam room or the jacuzzi, or whatever. But my dad, instead of working out, he'd go straight to the steam room, straight to the jacuzzi. And he would fraternize with a bunch of heavy narco-traffickers of cocaine. Yeah. And even though my dad's a straight-laced roofer, he had all of these drug-trafficking friends. And so my dad, he's the type of dude, he's like, I hate these drug addicts. But it's okay to hang out with a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. As long as they don't don't use it. So it's just like, so I tell this story about this guy. His real name is Marcial. But I never knew him as that. I knew him as Chichis. And they him as Chichis. They called him Chichis because he had Chichis, the titties. Yeah, yeah. And so so his name was, his, his literal gang name was Titties. And so like in Spanish, you know, like Chichis. <laughs> and so it's just like so it's just like you know but like it's all about how you say it and like you know the tone but anyway i'm gonna do it in english just for this podcast but like you know chichis was the type of guy like there was like hyper toxic masculinity taking place so like he like we were butt they were butt my dad and chichis were butt naked in the sauna and i was wearing a towel that's it there was nothing under the towel and Chichis, and I'm 12 years old. I'm in seventh grade. He's asking me things like, "Hey, what's up? You got you got a vagina under the towel? <laughs> the towel? What's up? Well, you got a big dick like your dad. Your dad's got a big dick. You got a big dick too." And I'm just, "What are you gay?" So I'm just like, "Holy shit! Yeah, you know that's something nice to say to a 12 year old." And so uh, I was just like, "You know, fuck it. I don't want this guy thinking I'm gay." So I took off my towel, and he's like, "Oh, cool. You have a big dick just like your dad." And I was like. Thanks. So, uh, you know, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah. It's all in Spanish, right? Okay, so that isn't even the most fucked up thing that happened right there. So I'm fucking sitting down on the towel, 
in, in the fuck in, uh, in the sauna, not the steam room, in the sauna. And so I'm sitting down, it's hot as fuck. And this guy is fucking bouncing around, fucking doing like he's fucking doing high knees by himself with his dick flapping around. And he sits down right next to my dad. He puts his arm right next to my dad. He's like, hey, you know this fucker right here? You know this fucker right here? He's a fucking liar. His whole life he's been telling you he's your dad. And that woman at home is your mom. But that's bullshit. This is your, this is your mom right here. I'm your real dad. I'm your real, this is your mom right here. And then he fucking has his arm around my dad's shoulder. And he pulls it down to, to my dad's titty. And he starts squeezing my dad's titty. He's like, oh, to me as a 12-year-old, he's like, oh, yeah. You remember these breasts? used to feed off of them when you were a baby, but you're too young to win. <laughs> and it was, the, it was the funniest fucking thing that I'd ever seen in my life. It was just like my dad's like so hyper-masculine, you know, machismo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's letting this fucking drug trafficker belittle him. And it was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever seen. I laughed so hard, and I told my mom about it. And my mom was like, he's fucking crazy. And then I told my dad about it, and I was like, hey, that's a funny story. Can I use that for stand-up? And he said, of course. That's so funny. Why wouldn't you say that? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you don't want him to yeah. be around <laughs> about being manhandled by this fucking trafficker. Maybe you don't want to fucking be known as a guy who was friends with traffickers because then, like, after this dude got busted, the FBI showed up at my dad's house, or at our house where we lived all together, but they showed up. The FBI showed up to talk to my dad, and there was all these surveillance photos of my dad hanging out with his trafficker. And so... Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was in some of those pictures, too, because I was in the gym, we're all exiting yeah. together. He was like, how do you get this one in the steam room? You guys are good. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, I made a whole story about it for Spanish comedy, but it doesn't work the same in English. Like, with, with Spanish... You know, it's just like I have this story about like, hey, I mean, like, I hate doing this, but I do it sometimes just to gauge the room. But you know when the when the comedian takes a survey with the audience, like, hey, who in here? Blah blah. Yeah, blah. yeah. Yeah. So I like doing that in Spanish. Like, who in here is Mexican? And you know, they're like, woo, with all the pride in Spanish. And I'm like, you know, you guys are a bunch of fucking hypocrites. You know that? You know, Mexicans, we're, we are a bunch of hypocrites because, you know, we're so homophobic. We got this mentality that, like, oh, if I have a gay son, I'm disowning him because that's an abomination to God. That's going against God and our religion, and that's such a sin. Oh, my God, being gay is such a, oh, that's blasphemy right there. How could you, that's the biggest sin of them all. How could you be gay? And these same fucking guys that, that spew this rhetoric get really drunk and they say things like in spanish they're like hey if you don't let me touch a dick you're gay <laughs> like, for real. And this has happened to me in different mexican circles all throughout northern california southern california in mexico and it's just like okay you're so masculine you have to prove how straight you are by doing gay shit that's gay yeah like, yeah yeah yeah. It's like, oh, it's, like, it's not gay if the guy's sucking your dick, but if you suck the guy's dick, then you're gay. Right, yeah. No, 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 it's no, prison no, rules, no. man. That's prison rules. That's prison rules, but that's not poppy rules. <laughs> poppy rules rule, they, they, those trump every rule. Because, yeah. You know, because, like, with me, personally, when I was young, I, I was conditioned to believe that gay people are wrong 
if you hang out with gay people, you'll turn gay. And I found out all of that is bullshit. Yeah. I love gay people. I think gay people are cool. Gay people actually have great ideas. Gay people have given me the confidence to um, live life and just be able to love myself more than I knew I could. Yeah. Because you know what? As much as I've ever felt ostracized for being morbidly obese or being Hispanic in a white community, I have never endured the hate that gay people have endured for just living their life and being born the way that they're born. Yeah. I can change my morbid obesity. I can. I can't change my me being Latino or Mexican, regardless of how well I speak English. Yeah. But I can't get rid of it, and I don't want to. Because, you know what? I grew up a certain way that's forced me to have this outlook on life that I don't, that I love. That I would never take back or resent in any way, shape, or form, because that's the type of person that I am. I learn from my experiences. I learn to be better in the future, whether that's a better stand-up, better performer, better listener, better communicator, whatever it is. I want to be the best that I'm capable of being yeah. at the moment. Because even right now, as a stand-up comedian, if you look at it as a timeline, this is where you started, right in the middle. You keep going to the right, keep going to the right. Every time you're performing stand-up, you're the furthest to the right as you are. So you're the best writer, you're the best performer, you're the best improviser, you're the best rifter. You're the best you've ever been in that moment. So you have to take that moment and not take it for granted. And you have to literally try your best to entertain people. You have to try your best because, like, I hate comedians that go on stage and use it as therapy. Yeah, yeah. That's the last thing I want when I go to a comedy show. And yeah. I go to comedy shows, even when I'm not on it, even when I go to comedy shows, not trying to meet the producers so I can try to get on the show, which, you know, damn well, that's why I'm fucking there. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. Going, I'm not going to go hang out at the show I'm not booked on to not to try to get booked on in the future. Like, let me send you my tape. I've got a bunch of tapes. And I don't mean to be a dick, but I, I like to the point where I'm like, here's a show with all Latinos. Here's a show with all white people. Here's the show with a mix. Here's a show with all those things I just specified in Northern California. And here's all those tapes in Southern California. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not a one-trick pony. You don't think this joke works everywhere? Okay, here's all the tape. Here's let's yeah, go to the tape, let's play it. So here's all the tape, play it. And if you do the Victor test, because when I was producing shows, right now I don't produce shows. But when I used to produce shows, I used to do the Victor test. If you send me a fucking twenty minute clip, I'm gonna do this. So here's the start of the video, this is the end of the video. I'll go like this. Let go, and wherever it let goes, I, that's where I'll start. Yeah. That's the Victor test. The Victor test means is it good where it starts randomly? Yeah, it's good all the way through. You got to be able to find random spots where it's just still still funny in there. No, so no, no. anywhere where you stop randomly should be funny. Yeah. And if it is, then you're funny. Yeah, then you've and got. That's the standard I keep myself to. Yeah. Because I don't know if you're going to watch the whole video. Quite frankly, I don't even remember which video I sent you. I'll go through it after the fucking podcast. <laughs> just just for, for my own fucking well-being. Because I'm pretty sure I sent you a 17-minute video. As opposed to an 8-minute video, or a 6-minute video, or a 7-minute video, or a 6-minute video. I sent you a 17-minute video because I think originally I was trying out for the feature spot. 
for 20 minutes. Yeah. So I sent you, like, the closest thing I had was 17. Here's 17. And maybe this is good enough for the 17, for the 20, or it's not good enough for the 20. And you're like, what are you, Patty, how comfortable are you doing 60 minutes? I'm like, pretty comfortable. <laughs> pretty comfortable. There you go. It worked out. No, 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 no. I, it worked out, dude. And then I stayed after the fact because, dude, guess what I found out? Okay, so after the show, after the show ended, after I got off stage, after the host, End of the show, um, and then I fucked up because I didn't know the host knew you like that. And I told her I was just like, "Hey, I totally lied to these when I told them that I was comfortable doing 16 minutes. This is my first time doing 16 minutes." She's like, "Oh no, don't tramp. You'll kill. I've worked with you before." And like, I went through my Rolodex, and I was like, "I've never worked with this chick before. <laughs> I never know." And I didn't want to hurt her feelings. I liked her. She was she was nice. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. She's a sweetheart. And if she says she knows me, then cool. I know her. Then. But, like, at the same time, I fucked up because I told her. I was just like, hey, I've never done 60 minutes with you. She's like, oh, my God, you haven't? And I was just like, I've done a bunch of comedy before. Yeah, yeah. I've gone on, I've gone on rants for an hour. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can do this. Well, everyone's got to have a first time, so it worked out, you know? No, but this was the thing that was just, like, really funny because I, I stuck around afterwards because the, the main bartender was just like, you know you get free drinks all night, right? I was like, are you kidding me? You're just telling me this right now? Yeah, after the show? <laughs> I have free fucking drinks all night, and you're telling me this right? Okay, cool. Okay, look, I have an hour to go home, like, driving, so I think I'm going to have a couple of drinks right now, but can I have a couple of drinks to go home? And they were like, of course. And they hooked me up with some bomb-ass booze to go home. Nice. And and then the main bartender was telling me, he's like, hey, dude, can I tell you something real talk? I was like, sure. He's like, hey, dude, like, we've had a ton of performers here for a long time now. You are top two performers we've had. I was like, really? Are you serious? Can you please let the producer know that? Can you let the producer know that? <laughs> I'm trying to come back. This was a sweet-ass game. Well, good, man. fucking fun. I had a great time. Like, I wasn't expecting for the, the the main, I don't know if he was the manager or the shift leader or whatever, but like he was really nice. Like I've come to all of these shows, dude. Every single one for the man. And then I asked him about the recommendation that I made to you, who shall remain nameless. And I heard from him, he's like, dude, one of the worst performers I've ever seen in my life. I was like, what the fuck? Because that guy told me he killed it. Uh yeah, it's uh you know, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I know it's subjective, but like I got the full report. Yeah, so I got the full report and then I was just like and then I told I told the dude and I was like, "What the fuck? I gave this guy my word that this was my homie and he did good." And then not only that, my homie told me after the fact, I said, "How did it go?" And he's like, "Oh, it went great. I killed." And then the guy's like, "You did not kill." Yeah. That guy fucking sucked. And I was like, dude, this is horrible. Because then, like, in my mind, you know, I'm telling my boy D, so I'm like, this is my homie, and he murdered. And then, like, no, that's not what I heard. Yeah, who knows? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. And then, so then he's telling me I'm top two out of all the performers that have been there for that show. And then he goes to comedy all the time. And then he used to do, he used to go to stand up shows sometimes up to 12 times a week. And I'm just like, oh, wow, cool. I used to go to the comedy store, the Laugh Factory, and the improv. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Comedy fan, comedy fan, comedy fan. Yeah. And so when he said that, it, it felt really nice. But at the same time, I felt like, fuck, my boy 
was lying to me about how great he did, which gives me a false narrative. So then when I talked to you, I was like, oh, my boy killed. And you're like, well, that's not what I heard. And then, like, so then, like, if it wasn't for me hanging out, trying to figure out what was, you know, what was what, but, like, I wasn't staying there sticking for compliments. I was there sticking around because a lot of people followed me after that show on Instagram. They want to know where the fuck I'm going to be next, and that's fun. Oh, yeah. And that's fine, and that's awesome. But at the same time, it's just like, it was so funny because I was so nervous because like I was doing that show. I was like, fuck, I've never done an hour before. But if it's anything like doing 40 minutes, I got to drink a bunch of water beforehand. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to keep that water flowing. So, um, yeah. Victor, okay, we're running out of time on this Zoom again. So we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, we got a minute and a half left. Um, before we go, tell people where they can find you, social media, uh, your podcasts, websites, stuff like that. Sure. Absolutely. So um, everything related to me, you can find at HispanicTitanic.com. Uh, I'm on social media. Everything is Puro Papi Pacheco, all one word, P-U-R-O-P-A-P-I-P-A-C-H-E-C-O. Um, I will be having some dates coming up soon. Um, not that soon, depending when this podcast comes out, but either way, I hope you guys have time to see me in Northern California, Southern California, Southern California on September 10th. That's a Saturday. I'll be at the rec room opening for Vicky Barbalak on Tuesday, the 13th of September. I'll be at Harvell's in Long Beach, the burlesque slash comedy show. I'll be at the Ha Ha Comedy Club on Friday, September 16th in North Hollywood for the Latino Comedy Show for Mexican Independence Day. I will be doing uh, a Spanish show on the 26th at Jaguar Restaurant at the Salvadoran Restaurant in uh, L.A. on Beverly Boulevard. This is 7 p.m. That's on the 25th. I'll be at Sea Legs on September 30th, opening for Vicky Barbalak. And last but not least, I will be in Northern California October 4th through the eighth i will be doing show oh no well we lost him uh so uh well guys uh that uh that's the social go to uh carl uh, uh go to victor's facebook page social media follow him find him uh figure out where he's at go visit him find a show uh, he's very funny. We'll have him back at the uh, Social Hour Comedy Showcase at uh, Bruheim in Anaheim. Uh, speaking of that show, that show is happening uh, to tonight. Or let's see, no, tomorrow, Thursday, uh, Thursday the 25th with headliner Grant Lyons. So check that out, guys. And again, I'll be in Medford, Oregon all weekend, then Cottage Grove, Oregon at Shades of Brew. Uh, a couple other places, Covered Bridge Brewing, a few other places throughout Oregon, uh, Washington and Jokers Comedy Club next weekend, guys, in Richland, Washington. Come out, check out a show. Uh, that's it, guys, for the social. I've been Dees. Thank you for hanging out, and we will see you next week.